Welcome to From Water Into Wine with Mignon Morel, the place where we discuss the practical and supernatural ways of the kingdom of God that are relevant to your life. And now, today's podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Mignon Morel. Well, today I'm going to speak on part two of Stuck to Jesus, the Abiding Life. But before I do, just a quick reminder to go to our website from waterintowine.org and sign up for our mailing list because I release a lot of prophetic words and stuff through that, as well as our Facebook page. Um, we're on MeWe now and Gab.com and um, all the different social media parlor. I'm on there as Mignon Morel. So I encourage you to reach out and sign up for these things. Since the world is changing so much uh, in the future, we may not be able to get out on a lot of these social media sites. So I encourage you, if you like the podcast, to please sign up on the mailing list. Also, um, if the podcasts have been helpful to you, please share them with your friends, your churches, your pastors. I keep them free for a reason because I want as many people as possible to hear the good news and to gain freedom in their walk with Christ. Um, I believe in giving liberally, so share away. (laughs) Okay. On my last podcast, uh, part one of Stuck to Jesus, I spoke about Jesus Christ, who he is for us, and just a few of the specific ways we can come to know him better. Because in order to live with someone well, you have to get to know them, right? Uh, You know, I spoke about how in Jesus, God is after true intimacy with us, where he takes a true interest in your life, in your heart, in you. Learning to abide in Jesus, to truly live with him, dwelling with him, is what our lives here on this planet are really all about. Abiding is how we gain access to the kingdom here upon the earth. Abiding is how true intimacy with God is built, and it is the key that unlocks your inheritance in Christ. So in the last talk, we talked about Jesus and the importance of really knowing him well in his various ways. So I encourage you to listen to that if you haven't, to go back to it. Today, we're going to talk about how we learn to abide in Jesus. John 15 is the chapter we're going to be in today. And just as a quick reminder, in strong concordance, the word abide in the Greek is katiokeo. Katiokeo means to live in, reside in, and settle in. It also means to stay, to remain, to dwell, and be in a state that continues to tarry or to wait. All of these things are the definitions when we hear that word abide. So in this, we have a clear vision of what Jesus means when he says we are to abide in him. John 15, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts away, he trims off and takes away. And he cleans and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I gave you, the teachings I've discussed with you. Dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you. 
just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in and being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me and cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. Okay, first, Throughout all of John 15, Jesus is telling us how we can abide in him. So I want to break this down a bit so it becomes a little bit more clear in our minds. Jesus makes it clear in this passage that he is the vine, the life source, and we are the branches. Jesus is the vine. He is the power source of all things. And we are supposed to live our lives branching off of him. So let me ask you, what typically sits on the end of a branch? Fruit. Fruit. Jesus is the vine, and he sends forth fruit through us, the branches. He is the main vine, and we branch off of him. As the vine, Jesus has all the life and nutrients that the branches need. Now, in nature, what do branches do to get the nutrients that they need from the vine, or the trunk, so to speak? What do they have to do in order to be fruitful every season? They have to receive the nutrients that the vine sends. Part of abiding in Christ is learning to receive from him. You know, it's not about working harder at spiritual disciplines and such. Though, please understand me, uh, spiritual disciplines do have their place in our walk with God. Abiding is about recognizing the truth that when we come to Christ, he becomes our source, our source for everything that we need in life. And we have to learn how to live our lives from a place where we learn how to really receive from that source. Jesus gives us the ability to be fruitful conduits who carry his life and healing and power. When we are intimately connected to Jesus, his power automatically flows through us. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Without living and abiding in him and from him, we are not able to bear fruit. We are unable to access the healing, the provision, the rest, the peace, and all the things that we need to have to have a full life. And we are unable to be conduits for these things to flow through us to others. You know, bearing fruit is actually a command in the kingdom, and it is a sign that we are true followers of Jesus. John 15, 7, when you bear and produce much fruit, my father is honored and glorified, and you show and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. So first, he is the vine and we are the branches we receive from him. Lord Jesus, you are the main vine. I am the branch. I receive your healing. I receive your peace. I receive your provision. And then once we've received from him, we rest. We receive and then we rest. Rest is a part of abiding and allowing his nature and his life to flow in and through us by the power of his spirit. Our focus is on staying rooted in him in this life, and that is what enables us to be fruitful. Colossians 2.7 As you have therefore received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk, regulate your lives, and conduct yourselves in union and conformity to him. 
have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in him, fixed and founded in him, being continually built up in him. So we stay rooted in him. That's how we begin to abide. Another thing Jesus says is that the father is the vine dresser. The father is the one who cuts away the branches that don't bear fruit and continues to prune every branch that is fruitful. John 15, 22. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, and takes away. And he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you, the teachings I have discussed with you. Okay, so one thing we need to understand here is that whether we are fruitful or not, we are going to be pruned. If we are not fruitful, God removes us from the vine and the source. And later in John fifteen six, it says, If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken branch and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. So I actually think this verse is quite self-explanatory. If we are not fruitful, life pretty much ends for us as far as God is concerned. We wither. And in the end, all we are good for is the furnace. You know, when I read this verse, I'm reminded of the passage where Jesus cursed the fig tree and it curled up and died. Why? Why did he do that? He did it because it was not being fruitful. It was not fulfilling its purpose in a season where it was supposed to, so it was removed. This is a warning for us to understand that God expects us to bear fruit when we are living in Christ. It is a command. It's not just an option. The second thing in this verse that is important uh, is where it says, if you do bear fruit, the Father prunes us so that our fruit becomes richer and more excellent. You know, I used to think that this was speaking about the trials we encounter here in life, that God that God uses those trials to refine us and make us more fruitful. And in many ways, God does use our trials to refine us, to teach us, and to turn us more into the likeness of Jesus. But the Holy Spirit showed me in this verse that Jesus said they were cleansed and pruned because of the words he had given the disciples, the teachings of truth he had discussed with them. That was how he cleansed them, by transforming their understanding of God and life with God through new revelation. The revelation he revealed to them via his words was what cut off the bad perceptions and such that needed to go, and their minds were upgraded uh, by the words Jesus spoke. This in turn worked to change their actions and their hearts. So, God uses his word to help cleanse and prune us. That's why it's so important to know what Jesus said, to meditate on what Jesus said, and let it get into your being so you can start living what Jesus said. I'm speaking here to what Jesus said in the Bible, as well as to what he speaks directly to you, because you have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit can reveal specific information God has for you in your life. That's one of his jobs in our lives. Continuing on in John 15. If you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. 
When you produce much fruit, my Father is honored and glorified, and you show and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Abide in my love. Continue in his love with me. If you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and live on in his love. I have told you these things that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy and gladness may be a full measure and complete and overflowing. This is my command, that you love one another just as I have loved you. No one has greater love. No one has shown stronger affection than to lay down and give up his own life for his friends. You are my friends if you keep on doing the things which I command you to do. I do not call you servants any longer, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you my friends, because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my Father. I have revealed to you everything that I learned from him. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and I have appointed you, I have planted you, that you might go and bear fruit and keep on bearing fruit, and that your fruit may be lasting, that it may abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Okay, second thing I want to focus on about abiding is that Jesus says specifically how we abide or stay in abiding in his love and presence. John 15, 10. If you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it. What are the commands that Jesus is speaking about here? Well, in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, it says, And he replied to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest, most important principle in first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. John fifteen twelve. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than to lay down his own life for his friends. You are my friends if you keep on doing the things which I command you to do. So Jesus says in these verses, in order for us to really abide in him, we have to obey his commands and keep obeying his commands. In other words, we have to love God first with all our hearts, all our minds, and all our souls. And he made those specific distinctions because those are the areas where we process love. You know, we can love God with our minds intellectually and not love him with our souls or hearts. This is called having a religious spirit to some extent where we love God mentally, but our hearts are still far from him. When we put God first and seek to love him well, he loves us back better than we can imagine. And it's his loving us back that gives us the real ability to love our neighbor as ourself. You know, the word says we love God because he first loved us. Now, the question is, who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? I would like to say your neighbor is the person in front of you. Now, life can be hard, especially in this season, and it can be difficult at times to love people who don't always agree with us or treat us well. That's why we need God's help and empowerment to do this. 
So this is the most important. First, we love God. And then if we're doing that well, God enables us and gives us the ability to love our neighbors as ourselves. When we choose to love, we are being obedient and obeying God's commands. Abiding has to do with loving God our neighbor well, so we stay seated in Jesus. We stay resting and abiding in Jesus, and this enables us to be fruitful in the right ways that matter to him. We serve Jesus in and through our love because love is a part of our obedience. If you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and live on in his love. So we keep our love active for God and our neighbor and his words in our heart, and this helps us to truly abide in him. And and I want to say here, sometimes when we're not feeling especially loving towards our neighbor, We can pray, oh Lord, help me to love my neighbor today because I don't want to. You know, we can ask God for the grace for that. So now let's talk about uh, what can stop us. What stops us from abiding in Christ? So we know now what he said. We have an understanding. What do you think keeps you from abiding in Christ? What do you think keeps you from abiding in Christ? You know, intimacy can be hard for us because many of us labor under the wrong spirit and we're actually wearing somebody else's yoke. You know, when that happens to us, it's almost impossible for us to have true intimacy with Jesus because we're not receiving his truth correctly and there is no trust being established in our relationship with him. We get so caught up sometimes in doing the work of God that we miss being with his presence. You know, in the kingdom, God is the one who does the work. We simply respond, standing in agreement with him, and he flows through us to do the work. You know, it's a religious spirit that makes us think we are the ones that have to do the work. We are the conduits. We are the priest. Our first and foremost important job is to worship the king and love the king. It's not to do, it's to be. Everything in your life, including your ministry, including your family, including your job, and how you function there always needs to flow out of the place of being, of being with Jesus first, because he is the vine. He is the one with the power that you need. You are the branch you receive. You receive the power that you need from him. We need Jesus to flow through us so we can be with our families well, our job, our church, and our destinies well. You know, I've said this in other talks before, and I'm going to reiterate it here. In Matthew 11:28, God gives us a key on how we can tell the difference between his yoke and his spirit and one that is not his. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease, relieve, and refresh your souls. Now, in this verse, God is inviting us to come to him, and we see God's promise of his intentions toward us. He intends to give us rest and relief. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. A yoke is what guides an animal to help it know which way to go. 
God's yoke is guidance for us to help us learn his ways and hear his voice. It gives us direction for which way we are to go in life. God's yoke teaches us how to find rest, ease, and refreshment for our souls. His yoke is the Holy Spirit. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. Understand what Jesus is saying here for you. His guidance is always good, gracious, pleasant, and comfortable. It's easy to deal with. He is saying that the way he deals with us, the way of his spirit, is easy, good, and gracious. It is not harsh, hard, sharp, heavy, pressing down with pressure. That is the yoke of the religious spirit. If you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. This is a promise to us of what true abiding in Christ gives us. You know, out of all the podcasts and teachings that I do and have done over the course of my life about how we live in the kingdom on prophecy, healing and faith, uh, intercession and such, the most important ones to me are the ones and the ones that I really truly care about people hearing are the ones that where we focus fully on Jesus. Jesus is everything in life. And learning to abide in him is the most important thing you can master here upon the earth and in eternity. You know, you can be gifted and far from abiding in him because God doesn't take away our gifts. He just makes us accountable for them. You can be considered great as an evangelist or a prophet or a pastor or a mentor and even do miracles and still be far from abiding in him. You can be spiritual and still far from abiding in him. But if you abide in him, and that is your main goal in life, then all of these things will naturally be given. The kingdom will open up to you, and you will have the best of it all, and you will have it to the fullest measure done in accordance with God's perfect will, because the fullness of God will be living in you. Colossians 2.9, for in him the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. And you are in him, made full and having come to the fullness of life in Christ. You too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. So, Abiding in Him, that is what our lives are about. Right now, I'm going to close with a quick prayer and a quick, simple prayer exercise that I'm going to share with you guys that you can do that will help you as you are moving on in the next few weeks and such and focusing on abiding in Christ. Um, So right now, I just want you to get into a position or a place of peace. And if you need to pause and come back to this, then I encourage you to do that. So, everybody, get ready. Take a deep breath in. Let it out. First, I'm just going to pray over you, and then I'm going to have you pray with me, okay? Lord Jesus, I thank you that your great love for us never ends. I thank you that you are the source and we are the vine. And I thank you that your presence is here right now. 
Holy Spirit, I ask you just to hover over everybody that's listening to the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill the place where they are at. Bring them peace, bring them rest right now as we pray. Okay, now I just want you to be thinking in the back of your mind, what do you need from Jesus right now? Ask yourself, what do I need right now from Jesus? Is it healing? Is it help? Is it direction? Is it guidance? Is it uh, provision? Maybe it's just peace. Maybe you need your mind to calm down enough so that you can have clarity. So just be thinking right now. We're going to go through this. I'm going to pray this prayer. It's very basic, very simple, but it's very effective. Remember, God always has the best, good, gracious, simplest ways uh, for us. He always has the easy thing for us because he does the work. So I'm going to pray and I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are my source. I thank you that you are the vine. I submit myself to you and I come to you boldly in faith asking for what I need from my source. Lord Jesus, I ask now to receive. Now here, I want you to ask the Lord for what specifically you need. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you withhold nothing good that I need. I receive everything, every blessing that I need from you in this moment. Thank you, Lord, for giving it to me. Thank you, Lord for helping me to move forward in a greater place from abiding in you. Thank you for your perfect love for me. I receive it all in Jesus' holy and mighty name. Amen. For more information, podcasts, videos, prophecies, and teachings, simply go to fromwaterintowine.org and follow us on Facebook at The Water Into Wine. This podcast is produced by Media 12 Productions, media12.org.